just did an interview and with a friend and we were literally drinking rosé and eating quiche so (laughs) wait why didn't we decide (laughs) because you decide to be out of town Welcome back, everybody. It's your host, Natalia. I'm excited again to be with you to be with you here today. And I'm really excited because I get to talk to the delightful and darling Susanna Welford. Um, Susanna is the founder founder of Running Start, which is a nonprofit um, that helps train uh, girls to run for office. Um, and we met because, um, as I've mentioned before on the podcast, I've done the Women's Leadership Fellowship Program through my um, graduate school. And uh, Susanna was actually one of our trainers. And I'm just going to let her introduce herself and stop rambling on incessantly. So, Okay, yeah. Um, so the very short introduction is that I've been president and founder of Running Start for 12 years, um, almost 13. And I founded Running Start because we, the, the group of us who worked to found it, we were so concerned about the fact that there were no young voices in positions of power and leadership helping to shape um, the agenda of the country. And so the, all the problems, all the things that, that affect young people's lives directly, we just don't have people in positions of power who are actually talking about those things and and legislating to fix them. So we decided to form um, a nonprofit organization that would work on creating a pipeline for young women to get into politics and leadership and to see themselves as potential leaders at the highest level. That's so cool. (laughs) No, when I, (laughs) when I first met you, I was like, I have to talk to her because she just seems to be doing you were tr- you truly were doing all the things and you did it with such like class and grace oh, and you were just so like nice. you're just like this is what I do um because what you all don't know is Susanna had many other things going on before she even started this and this is not even the first nonprofit that you started right yeah and and it's so funny when you said that uh, what was going on in my mind was and even though I'm a huge advocate for young women I'm 50 so I'm not such a young woman myself but, but I still you know I started it at an age where um I was I was you know in my early 30s and I wanted so much to um really make sure that voices like mine were heard. And so you're right. So what I started in my early 30s was a political action committee called the Women Under 40 PAC. And that was designed to help young women get elected to Congress. So women had already decided that they were running. They'd already put their names on the ballot. and But we came in and we supported them and made them feel like they had somebody in their corner because a lot of these young women who were running for Congress, they're such a rare breed and they didn't have a lot of, of support. So we wanted to be the, the cheerleaders saying, mm. we really want you to do this. So yeah, that was my first venture. And what were you doing? But So maybe we should like go back to your origin story. <laughs> so who, okay. let's go way back. Yeah, okay. So So tell me from the beginning, was it a dark and stormy night when you were popped out of your mom's womb like what what is the Susanna story well actually you know it's so funny that you say that and I was I was kind of laughing and then I'm like huh 
No, it actually was. So, <laughs> it was really interesting. Hear this because nobody's ever asked me this before. I feel like I've never talked about this, but it, it is an interesting story. So I was born April 3rd, 1968. And mm-hmm. you know what happened April 5th, 1968? Well, I will tell you. So, well, <laughs> so April 5th, 1968, Martin Luther King was killed. Oh, and okay. So I feel like I should know that. To keep women in the hospital for a long time. My mm-hmm. mother was still in the hospital, and she remembers holding me as this, you know, newborn two-day-old baby mm-hmm. and looking out at Boston that was burning. There were riots all, I mean, there were riots everywhere, mm-hmm. but I mean, um, she could see fires from her hotel room because people were so angry and sad and, um, and, and, and they were rioting. So it was absolutely a dark and stormy night when I was born or, or a couple of days later. And, and I always think about how I was born in 68 and that was an awful, awful year, except for me, right? I, right <laughs> but, but, um, Robert Kennedy was shot in 68, mm-hmm. you know, you had all the stuff going on with the Vietnam war. So it yeah. was, it was a pretty dreadful time. Um, where I, I think a lot of people really did feel very hopeless. And, um, my parents were very involved in social justice. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that has sort of, that sort of shaped and informed how I thought about the world and what I decided to do with my life. And so when did you, so you said your parents were really involved in social justice. Uh-huh. Um, was there ever a time when you were like, ah, I don't think I want to do all that social justice stuff. They've been dragging me to protest all my life. I don't know if I want to. Oh, you know, no. <laughs> I was not a very rebellious child at all. <laughs> I love this stuff. Yeah, I mean, I, it's true. I, I was dragged to protest and, um, and, and a lot of other, you know, political things. And I loved it from the beginning. Mm-hmm. And I, I liked I feel like I'm uh, not a very traditional person working in politics because mm-hmm. I don't love the game of politics and like, mm-hmm. you know, this person's leading by this many points and, and, you know, this is how the Dems are up and the Republicans are down or whatever. I'm, I don't, I don't even like that part of politics. I like the idealistic um, idea that politics can create real change positive change in people's mm-hmm. lives and that that's the whole it's the whole reason that we have a structured system to govern people is mm-hmm. that by by governing people you're going to create um a greater good you're going mm-hmm. to to create a, a society that makes sure it serves everybody and yes so maybe now um many of us think well that's not what we have <laughs> but, I, we have something I, but uh I, but, but I think that um, especially, you know, sort of watching my parents' example and then um, with the work that, that I, I've been doing in my adult life to get young women to create them um, as leaders, it, it really is all about that to me. It's mm-hmm. all about putting people in place who are going to try to create a better world and not just seek power because they want to be these powerful people because mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not interested in that. And nobody, no ordinary citizen is interested in elevating somebody for that reason we want our problem solved Mm -hmm. no and I I think that's so true in like your whole aesthetic because I think about when um what was what 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 was the event that we were just at that you had this summer the resilience summit the resilience summit and I so beautifully oh (laughs) thank you I was so nervous to get up there and speak and then even look a little nervous (laughs) you were you were perfect really 
it was it was crazy because like I the pictures that you guys posted of me speaking like a day later I was like oh look that's me like I was like in shock to see myself because I felt like I looked like a speaker and I was like you did like a speaker we still talk about your speech oh do you really yeah because you said some things that were very memorable for running start so yeah oh thank oh that means so much it's making me like oh my gosh if I was white I'd probably be blushing but I just like (laughs) (laughs) so cute (laughs) but I um but I remember just like at that summit that what was what was so lovely to me and it reminded me so much of like why I loved you in the first place was I felt like people were trying to give you credit and you were like no 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 it's not me and it wasn't like that it wasn't that fake, like, oh, no, I'm, you know, I'm trying to stay away, but but hand me the microphone anyway kind of thing. It was very much, I, I don't think I saw you actually get on stage until the end. Mm-hmm. You know, you were just kind of, and also you, I think you didn't even sit in the front row that often. You were just kind yeah. of like in the back, like hanging out. Um, and I think that kind of goes to you doing what you said you wanted to do, you know? Mm-hmm. That, well, that's that's really nice of you. It's funny because I sometimes, I think about that sometimes. Like women, one of the things that we tell the young women um, who go through our trainings is you need to self-promote. You mm-hmm. need to do a better job at telling people, I'm Natalia and I'm magnificent and I'm going to do these <laughs> great things. Because women don't do it as much as men do. Like mm-hmm. we're not as natural at selling ourselves. And so it's funny. So when you you give me that feedback and you're you're framing it as a positive thing, I I think that is so much my personality is a little bit to downplay, mm-hmm. and um, so it's good that that can be perceived as good. But I I'm I am always conscious of I have to make sure that I still am not afraid to sell myself because mm-hmm. we do need to we do need to be cognizant of that. It doesn't mean that you stand up there and you're like. All of you people are here because of me, and yeah. I am I'm the greatest, and you should love me because, you know, what, I mean, so mm-hmm. I think that there, there, obviously, there is a balance, and I think it's difficult sometimes for women to figure out that balance, but, um, but you know, I'm, I'm so struck sometimes when you ask a politician why they want to run for office, mm-hmm. and if they pause for too long, you know, oh, uh-uh, they, yeah. they don't, they don't want to run for office because they want to make you know, crime go down or they want to, mm-hmm. you know, fix some uh, potholes or they, they want to run for office because they want to be that person. Mm-hmm. And that's not good enough for me. I want a real reason. Yeah. I think, I think truly one of the most impactful jobs you can have in politics is probably being like a mayor mm. because me too, because I think we should just, both be mayors. just right. Just let me be the mayor of something. Uh, <laughs> You have to choose a city, but yeah. Yeah, no, I'll, you know, I'll settle there for the rest of my life. But like, just in the sense of, because that way you really have that real impactful change. And because you can like make things get done in a way so that people can see it in their lives. Because I think about growing up, I, I went to school with the mayor's kid. Oh, and I'm good friends with his cousin, like what from uh-huh. growing up, I mean, he's not still mayor, but like okay. just having that impact of like the idea that like, I knew, I know who that family is mm-hmm. kind of thing. And, um, just what they were doing. And like the mayor after that, like he owned the ice cream shop that everybody loved to go to like those oh, kind sweet. of, yeah, just like those kind of 
things, those real impactful changes that I, and that really like community connection is so real. Um, And I think a lot of people like that. They like that real connection. I think for, for so long, we look to like our more head up leaders to give us that, but they can't because they're kind of far away and they're dealing with like the broader picture. But I think now the current political climate that we're in, people are like, oh shoot, like I should have paid attention because now things are really starting to like affect my life. And I think that's how a lot of people viewed it for a long time. It was like, oh, it's happening over there. Nothing's really impacting me daily. Okay, so I know you're interviewing me, but I have a question for you. Oh, goodness. Which is, <laughs> do you think that that, um, that feeling, that I, I, I agree with you, that a lot of young people are waking up for the first time and saying, wait, actually, yeah, I, I need to pay attention. Do you think it's going to trans um, that that it's going to make people actually get out and vote? I think I think there's difficult things with this question because I don't. Have you um, ever heard of Simone Sanders? Yeah, of course I have. Oh my God. Yeah, she's okay. Event she's, in New York last night that I was supposed to go to. Yeah, she is. Uh, I've met her a couple times now, and yeah. truly just need to be here um but i remember (laughs) i try um she invited me to this event called leap luncheon which everyone should check out um and i'll post a link in the show notes but um she was speaking at that event and it's honestly just a group of women of color who get together and talk about their issues who are thriving in their life and like she spoke at the event with also alencia johnson um, uh, who works at Planned Parenthood. I make that sound so casual, like she sweeps up. No, she's like a very big deal. Yeah, <laughs> um, but I asked, and I remember I asked him, and I said, what do you think that the Democratic Party is really for us as women, as black women? And she very honestly said, I don't think there's any party for us. And I was oh. like, true. And I, because I feel that way because I had, I asked that question because I had heard it on another podcast that I listened to and that she's a contributor to. And, um, and I, I also feel that way because I feel like any way you slice it, a lot of times women of, women of color get the raw end of the deal. And because if you look at Doug Jones's win, it was 98% of black women that came out and voted for him. I know. To get away from a pedophile, which is like crazy that we have to like. Yeah have us turn out to get rid of a pedophile like you know what i'm saying like that type of totally do but but so then again to interview you so (laughs) then the question is so then i think a lot of people feel that way that Mm -hmm. they they aren't represented but then maybe the the answer is to put up candidates who are going to run i mean i have to tell you it's very difficult to run as an independent so i think they still have to run Mm -hmm. um you know under um yeah that's what bernie did like he knew he couldn't win exactly and alexandria Mm ocasio-cortez we need to put up candidates who are going to say i'm not going to listen to the party i'm not going to take their money and i'm not going to be um have my decisions dictated by by what they say Mm -hmm. um i'm going to represent the real people and And I i think we just don't do that enough and i think i don't know so much about her but I think maybe Stacey Abrams is a good example of that she's too. great she's you know? great yeah I was just yeah. listening to um listening to her on um whatchamacallit on Angela Rye's podcast oh yeah um, oh I should listen to that podcast I love Angela Rye she's she's delightful yeah um, she is but so she was she was it was Stacey Abrams speaking with um Andrew Gillum and oh yeah and um oh my gosh he's another guy running for he's running for governor of Maryland 
I can't remember really? his name. Oh, wait, Jealous. Ben yes, Jealous? Ben Jealous. It was the three yeah. of them. Uh, it was at the Congressional Black Caucus annual conference, and she was yeah. doing a live podcast recording. And hearing Stacey Abrams speak, I was like, okay, she sounds like me, which um, I really like. It's exciting. Yeah, no, yeah. it's exciting. And, like, I love that she also doesn't fit into the mold of what society feels comfortable feels comfortable that like black women should look like like she's she's more curvaceous which i love like she looks more like me she wears her hair natural like those are things that i connect more with and so when i think of people who are running for me or for my for my people i look at people like her and so i don't know i want it to motivate people to vote but at the same time i think just because of how i've grown up i'm also realistic because, like, Kavanaugh, I knew he was still going to get na- nominated. Like, I'm not – I feel like I'm not naive, and I feel like that's also very much a black person thing. Like, none of us were surprised with the election results of 2016. None of us are surprised with Kav- – like, we're just – we're – I think we're just tired. Okay, wait, but – but you talked <laughs> about the Doug Jones example. Yeah. And Doug, jo- Doug Jones shows that it is possible mm-hmm. to band together and to get the right result. And I, I do think, look, I hear you. I think people are really tired of politics. And I mean, not, let's not even get into all the, you know, everything mm-hmm. that's happened recently, but with Kavanaugh. But um, we cannot afford to be um, apathetic or disillusioned because if we don't act, then nothing will change for sure. Mm-hmm. And if we do act, maybe nothing will change, but there's a possibility that we'll have another Doug Jones moment. And, and that's... Or a, an Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez moment, and hopefully a Stacey Abrams moment. Mm-hmm. And I think that that, that is... Um, I understand people are, are angry. They feel like they don't really have a voice or any power. But I just think, you know, we're, we are... And the we is people. It's not Democrats or Mm -hmm. women. It's just people, I think, right now are trying to, um, they're hungry for a system that really is going to be different Mm -hmm. and is going to represent them better than Mm -hmm. this mess that we have right now in politics. And the only way that you ever create that kind of totally momentous change is you have to bang your head against the door. And it's uncomfortable and it takes a long time for the door to break mm-hmm. down, but you have to keep doing it because otherwise they they win. You know, the, the people, yeah. the current power structure wins, and that's not acceptable. Well, no, that I mean, that's why I still feel like I'm fighting the good fight, but I can understand how people get burned out. And I think because, like, we're based in D.C., it makes it easier for us to keep fighting the good fight in a weird way mm-hmm. because where there's constantly rallies, there's constantly protests, there's constantly people involved in different areas and different think tanks and these awesome nonprofits like Running Start, just like mm-hmm. those kind of things are yeah. constantly being kind of pushed in your face. So you're like, well, okay, if I take a break, that means that like Susanna's going to be doing whatever. So it's like, it's not a big deal. It's not that it's, uh-huh. we won't go one day without something being done versus uh-huh. like these places, these, these smaller, these rural areas, these small towns. Like I think about the small, the town I grew up in, like 
there may not be this fever or whoever was carrying that torch is gonna get tired and like carry those burdens and I think I think you make such an accurate point when you say we you're saying people because it's important to know I think Mm -hmm. for all our listeners because I know I have listeners on all spectrums Mm -hmm. um that you're a nonpartisan organization yeah and I am increasingly totally seriously a nonpartisan person Mm -hmm. I mean it's 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 interesting because I, I did start out my life in democratic politics and mm-hmm. my parents were in democratic politics before me. And um, Yeah, because you worked in the Clinton White House, which I feel like we're just casually overlooking, but... Yeah, I worked in the Clinton White House on healthcare, which was so... Um, God, it was the most amazing time to be there. And mm-hmm. we felt like we were going to change everything. And of course, we, we did not, although I think we laid the groundwork for Obamacare, you know? Yeah. But, but I, um, I really don't like it ever when people say us versus them. Mm-hmm. As soon as that happens, I get my, my backup. Like, you know, mm-hmm. how can we make these distinctions? And how do you really know that we're better than they are? And why would we, why would we make that distinction? Mm-hmm. And, um, I just can't stand the fact right now that it is so acceptable for people to say, I would never be friends with a Democrat. I would never, you know, let my son date a Republican. Like mm-hmm. it's, it's become, you know, sort of the, the, the acceptable prejudice of our times mm-hmm. that we, we group us versus them in politics and, um, feel perfectly fine about absolutely brutally, mm-hmm. um, you know, vilifying the people who are not like us. And I, I think, honestly, anytime we do that, we get in trouble. And we need to do a better job of keeping our minds open, if to nothing else, just to the idea of this person sitting across from me is a person just like me. Mm-hmm. And they're, they are motivated by something. And can I figure out what that motivation is? Can I figure out what legitimate place they're coming from. And I just, I think we don't do it. We just say, this person is, you know, they're the opposite party. And so we have nothing in common and everything they say, I'm just going to assume it's wrong. It mm-hmm. doesn't make sense. And I'm going to fight against it. And then we end up getting nothing done as a country and it kills me. So no, I, I completely agree because I had, well, I, ha- I would say have, but I had a friend uh, like that very recently display that to me that because of my more progressive views that I'm automatically wrong and I think that's oh. that's where my that's where my anger comes from because I've had I have friends on all across the spectrum and there's nothing and there's nothing wrong with that and like I relish I relish in that I mean I, I talk about when I grew up um, my friend his mom ran the Democratic Party in my town and then my other two friends who were twins, their uncle ran the Republican Party in our town. Oh, I love it. And we all hung out together. Mm-hmm. And so because there were just some core things that we were all just like, okay, like we all know like this is good or this is bad. There wasn't. <laughs> um, and so coming here, I have found it to be way more divisive. And I hear people because when you I think for me, it's like when you start saying something that I know just sounds crazy and it's not about it and it goes against for me when it goes against just basic human decency and love and respect especially if you're coming from a faith background and like I am and like a lot of people I know who are more conservative do um and I am and I'm not conservative in any sense of the maybe my dress but that's 
if it's cold outside. So like that, <laughs> but if you come to me saying something that I know is wrong and it doesn't seem to be supporting something that we both grew up believing, yeah, that's that's when I get angry. And I don't I don't call it out on politics. I just think that it's the idea of you not caring or willing to understand. Yeah, and, willing to understand or try to understand. Yeah, she trying to understand. understand but just making that effort to try. And demeaning and demeaning me because you may think I ha- you have more knowledge than I do or right. or something which is which is not true. And I and I find that and that to me was like the straw that broke the camel's back. It's like there there's just certain things for me that I I can't and I won't stand up for and it's like I can there's no you should be friends with different kind of people because just you is boring. And I feel yeah. like I actively seek that out. Um, and I think, too, I think understanding different people's perspectives and understanding that you have more in common when you, than you think, but understanding that when when I speak as, like, a black woman, I'm coming from a certain place because this is what I've seen and this is what I've experienced and this is how the media portrays certain things within the black sure. community. And mm-hmm. so that's all to say that, like, just because you don't see it doesn't mean it's not happening. My oh. narrative is not a false narrative, which I think oh. we've come so much into yes. right now. Just because you can't see it doesn't mean mm-hmm. it's not happening. Mm-hmm. Is that that should be like the theme of Running Start? Because I mean, it it is, it, it's true. People they we all have bias, mm-hmm. and um, I I actually think both men and women fall into the trap recently of thinking women are doing so well, maybe there mm-hmm. isn't really an issue. Oh, like, don't so even get me started. Running. So maybe, maybe we've solved this inequality problem. Or, you know, I've got three women working in my office, so we don't have a gender problem. But, yeah, you have to try and figure out where the other person's coming from and mm-hmm. what their their story is and what their, you know, what, what their, their learned experience is, because that's the only way you can ever really understand people. And then understand why you don't see that. Because if you're thinking, no, that can't really be happening because I don't see in my, okay, like, well, why aren't you seeing what place of privilege are you coming from mm-hmm. to not reckon it? Cause I recognize that like I come from a place of privilege yeah. for the simple fact that like I went to a private liberal arts college. I'm now in grad school. I yeah. have a job. It's a fake job but it pays some of my bills. So like, you know what I mean? Just like, That's the best kind of job. <laughs> but it's like, but at the same time, I understand that I am very marginalized in, in the society we grew up in. I think a lot of people wouldn't think that because it's like, Natalia, but like, you have these friends or you go to this place yeah, and it's like, right. that doesn't mean anything. So just like looking at you as someone who runs Running Start and and you employ three women, you're like, what can you have to complain about? And I think that's kind of always like the yeah. mentality. I was like, no, we live in systemic power structures. Yeah. And so like we have to we have to talk about that. And I think, I don't know, it just gets back to the topic on hand, you. But like I think you created this organization in such a way that it's really meant to highlight the many layers that we are as women. Yes, and no, so that that's very true, and, and there are two other things. I mean, one, um, in, in this whole talk about finding common ground, um, it is, it's really true that women have more in common with each other, like women from different political ideologies have more in common with each other often than women of the, or people of the same party mm-hmm. um, of opposite genders, because women 
there's a lot of stuff that goes on in our lives. I mean, mm-hmm. a lot. We have babies. You know, we face Me Too stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. We face uh, the worry of violence in mm-hmm. a way men never do. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, part of, of what really fuels Running Start is this acknowledgement that we don't care what you believe in or even how extreme your belief, beliefs are. We do have something in common. And we can find common ground um, even in policy mm-hmm. around certain things because of our shared life experience. So that's A. And then the B is um, I find myself when I'm trying to sell what I do, especially to men, <laughs> that I have stopped saying, um, I mean, I, this is really recent, but I, I've stopped saying, um, well, I, I'm trying to elevate young women in power. Because mm-hmm. I can see their eyes glaze over at the young women. And mm-hmm. so I've started to say things like, I'm a democracy innovator. Or I'm mm-hmm. trying to disrupt the political system. Because those things, that is exactly what we're trying to do. Mm-hmm. We are trying to break up the power structure um, that exists right now. And um, But it's interesting to me that I still think this, when you talk about like helping young women, training young women, getting them in the pipeline... A lot of people are like, oh, that's so cute. Look yes. at that. That's so nice. And in yes. fact, it's, it is deadly serious because mm-hmm. if we, you know, and I was going to say if we do, but we are creating a pipeline of women mm-hmm. like you who are, they know their power. They are um, going to not sit silently by. And it is going to shake things up, even if they look at these like 15-year-old girls that we train and think, mm-hmm. really, like, where is this going? Oh, it's going somewhere and mm-hmm. arming them with the knowledge that they can have power and that they, that there's nothing standing in their way that they can't overcome to mm-hmm. get to those positions, um, that where they're currently excluded. Um, that's powerful and it's going yeah. to be really exciting as, as more of our pipeline gets into, um, into office. Because I think right now a lot of, I don't know, I think I think people have this perspective that nothing's wrong because, like, there's a few people scattered in here and there. Oh, mm-hmm. But it's, like, once you realize, once those people are there, you're going to realize how vastly different things are going to change mm-hmm. once we get women in there from all backgrounds, diversities, ethnicities, yeah. like, everything, religions, like, every everything yeah. is going to change. And I think that can be scary for people, but I think it's truly... It a beautiful thing and I think it's about time it's crazy that we make 50 make up 50 to 51 percent of the population of the world right and right. in general women are not in politics as much as they should be or in the public space whatever that may look like as heads of companies lobbyists whatever Anything. whatever that looks I mean, like yeah academia law school um you know right business mm-hmm. um um medicine like we are not in the power structure really anywhere mm-hmm. and right and so we're trying to overcome millennia of um, male power uh, dominance, and it's not an easy process, and it does not yeah. happen overnight, and we are making progress. There's like a there's a quote. I can't remember where I heard it, and I'm not going to be saying it correctly, yeah. but uh, it, it was saying like if Eve could destroy the whole world by biting an apple, imagine what you could she could do if she wasn't – being intentional in creating oh. better change. Ooh. 
It was something well, along to that effect right. and this idea that, like, unintentionally, we changed the course of history. Intentionally, yeah. imagine what we could do. And yeah. I think I think that is so true. And I think, honestly, for me, I'm kind of at the point where it's like, okay, we let you have this for a couple hundred years now. Yeah. Didn't work out so hot. We got 12 years to live, according to the UN um, Climate Change Report. I'm going to need y'all to step to the side and, and just, like, but, let me take charge. Yes, but people do not give up power easily. Mm-hmm. And, um, and even well-meaning people in power still mm-hmm. don't give it up very easily. No, it's true, because I think, I think there's also this mentality, and correct me if I'm wrong, like, that, like, if, I, if you come from a progressive side, you think every single thing that Obama did was great. And and so we're never going to speak ill of him, and I think that's not true. Yeah. And I talk to a lot of people, and I and they also feel the same. It's like I'm not going to sit here, and I love him, and I love Michelle more, um, but I'm not going <laughs> to sit here and tell you that like everything he did was perfect. Right. Right. You know, and I think I think we look we look at it as an awesome kind of game because just because you love something doesn't mean you can critique it. You can't critique it. Sorry. Exactly. In and, fact, yeah. you should be. So mm-hmm. questioning is, I mean, you should question everything. You should question religion. You should question mm-hmm. the social structure. Mm-hmm. You should question yourself and, and what your motivations are for things. Yeah, it's incredibly important to um, not be afraid to uh, critique the systems that be. Because if we don't critique it, it can't change. And then we're stuck right. where we are now, which is right. not not super cute. So, like, I feel like if we work on critiquing it, like, I think, I think right now, like, no one, if we really didn't care about the United States or what it was, people could just be doing a mass exodus right now, beginning visas. We have one of the most powerful, right. po- you know, passports in the world. I'm sure it wouldn't be hard to get a visa. Sure. But people are staying here because, like, we want to see a better change. And we understand that we're going to face the same fight if we go to other countries, you know, or similar, not the same, but, like, maybe similar in certain respects. And so, I don't know, what do you think was the the time when you thought or you saw Running Start maybe a few years and you were like, okay, I really am helping affect change? Oh, Honestly, I mean, I saw it from the very beginning because mm-hmm. we did a class um, the very first summer that we launched um, in 2007. We did a class of um, 25, I think, high school girls from D.C. only. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we didn't really know what we were doing. We were it was it really was an experiment. We had um, curriculum that we had um, sort of put on the back of a napkin at a meeting one day and we didn't know really what the, um, how impactful it would be. And so those people, when they graduated, they went and they, um, they told their friends about running start. Mm -hmm. And so the next year, so we got, we had to recruit those 25 Mm -hmm. students. The next year, I remember, um, we opened the application and we're really thinking, that maybe nobody would apply and we'd have to go seek um, 50 students again. Mm -hmm. And immediately, immediately we started getting in applications from all around the country. And we had thought this was a DC program. Mm -hmm. And so we had to have this discussion. Well, are we going to let in people from around the country? And we're like, yeah, we'll, we'll figure out how to do that. And we would ask them how they heard about it. And it was, you know, this big, uh, it's, it was all just word of mouth. 
from our little DC group. And that was the time I thought, okay, teenagers, they, they're not going to talk about something or tell their friends about something mm-hmm. unless it really was meaningful and mm-hmm. impactful and that they, they felt that it was something different that other people would need to know about. And, um, yeah, and I, I'm telling you, Natalia, every, every day I get a note from a former student Maybe not every day, but almost every day. <laughs> I, I was just trying to be totally truthful. And um, the things that they say are, Running Start changed my life. And that's such a big thing to say. But I think that what they mean by it is they were stuck. They were mm-hmm. in this place where they thought things couldn't get better or things had to be the way they were. And we came in and we said, hey, you can be you can be exactly who you want to be. And here's how to do that. And all the stuff you don't like, you have the power to actually get in there and to change the, you know, these mm-hmm. things that you don't like. And, um, I think that that, that's why we've always had such a loyal, um, following and we've mm-hmm. gotten so many applications is I think not a lot of people talk to young women as potential <clears throat> leaders. Yeah. And I, I think that, that, um, there are groups like Girl Scouts that do a great job of telling women, um, how to be powerful, but we go a step further and say, we don't just want you to run, um, um, you know, a local business or, uh, um, or I'm just trying to think of something. So we, we, we have aspirations for you to be in the highest level of mm-hmm. power in the country, mm-hmm. in the world. Mm-hmm. And we don't see any reason why you shouldn't ascend to the highest level. Mm-hmm. And politics is not something that um, a lot of young women are naturally excited about, mm-hmm. or frankly, maybe anybody these days. But but <laughs> if, you, if you, Natalia, were to become president, oh, Lord. you would have such vast power to do good, mm-hmm. to change laws that 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 um affect people negatively to mm-hmm. uh create systems that are going to create a more just society i mean if you're in the highest levels of power um you can make real lasting impactful change in a way that frankly running a nonprofit, you're addressing the problem but you're not um you're not solving the bigger picture and that's what I love about politics is it allows you to go in there and say, instead of working at a homeless shelter and helping a couple people, I'm going to change the system so there are not as many homeless people. Mm-hmm. And I think I, <clears throat> I think Running Start is is doing a good job of that and and making sure to seek out allies that uh, also mm-hmm. see your vision because even because at, at that resilience summit, you know, you had Charlotte Clymer, who's a press secretary for um, the Human Rights Campaign, uh-huh. um, who also is on the show. Um, I interviewed oh, her. Good. Yeah, she's that's great. She's such a delight. Um, no, she's she's one of my favorite people. Mm-hmm. I just I love her. Such a gem. Um, mm-hmm. And seeing and seeing her because I think as like a transgender woman to mm-hmm. jump right into the space of womanhood and what it looks like, and fearlessly, and fearlessly, I yeah. think was so incredible to see her up there and being like, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to use my agency. I'm going to use my power um, to lift you guys up. Um, and that was yeah. so, Yeah. that was just to me so lovely. Like, 
I think we have this idea in our head that it's like you come in and you kind of want to like hide in the background because yeah. like you're different. Yeah. Quote unquote different. And it's like right. she was like, no, I'm going to be right in the forefront doing what I've always loved to do. Um, and you had um, Congressman Hurd yeah. uh, speak who comes from who is a Republican um, congressman from Texas, right? Yeah, Texas. Yeah. Texas. And I think in our minds, we may not associate Republican congressman from Texas with wanting to lift up women yeah. in the political space, but he does. Oh, he and, really does. He's one of our best champions. And I think you just bringing all of, like, things that totally don't seem to go together. Yes. That's you what brought I love. them together so yeah. harmoniously. And I would argue that you are part of the solution and part of the big picture because it does start with these local like nonprofits, these slow burning engines, because it's, I think this is what people are going to reference back to when, you know, they're on their press tour or whatever. They're like, I hope so. Yeah. Yeah. They'll be like, Oh, running. I've mentioned running start on my podcast so many times. I mentioned it in last week's episode. Like I, (laughs) I just, I, because I truly think that the work that you're doing is like so incredible and you do it with such a small team. Oh God, we do. We are we are in the midst. So we have um, myself and five people. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just oh, did hired, you hire another? Yeah, I was like, I, was like, I did. I just hired <laughs> Renaya Dinkins. I just have to shout her out because she is she is just you really my needed life her so much better. She's just wonderful. <laughs> um, but yeah, we are a very small team, and we do so much work. And um, but we're in the process of applying for um a very big grant which would keep us in the exact same direction and in the same space but Mm -hmm. would really um amplify our reach and that's Mm -hmm. what i want to do um i want to be so right now we're in 100 colleges with um Mm -hmm. our uh, electro training program Mm -hmm. i i want why can't we be everywhere (laughs) why Mm -hmm. can't we be in in colleges in every state and one of the things that um we're also working on is working with state legislators who, you know, and mayors, um, but they're, they're all, they're so on the ground and they're so, um, in tune with their communities. So we're asking them to take running start students as an intern so Mm. that they can see firsthand what it's like to, to work for a woman in politics. Um, so we've just started that and then we're expanding our, um, uh, one of our other programs to high schools that had traditionally just been in college. So Mm -hmm. we're, we're working to do much more, <laughs> and I feel like this is the time. Um, mm-hmm. So if anybody out there has money and wants to fund Running Start, <laughs> um, we need it. And so <laughs> give me a call. I will post everything in the show notes so people know how to contact <laughs> okay. you. Yeah, no, I mean, I I don't know. I think it's it's super incredible what you're doing, and I think just your trajectory, because it was, it was Clinton White. It was college, Clinton yeah. White House, law school, law firm. Yeah. Start business, start another business. And yeah. in there you but, had I mean, I two kids. Like that, um, that I that I um, maybe don't even talk about enough is that I um, lost my job at the law firm because mm. um, I was I was uh, I was part time because I had little babies mm-hmm. at home. I had twins at home and um, they just went to college, it, right? What? They just went to college? Yeah, I remember you saying that. Yeah, they just started college, but they're not babies so much anymore. But um, (laughs) but if I hadn't left the law firm, I just, I don't know what I would be doing today. I I feel like 
that which was such a negative, awful thing in my life to be mm-hmm. laid off um, by the firm ended up putting me on the track of something that mm-hmm. is just, I mean, I I can't imagine my life if I wasn't doing this work because mm-hmm. it is it is the total, it's exactly what I should be doing. I feel, I can't tell you how passionate I feel about this cause. And it scares me sometimes to think, what if I had, what if another path had, had taken mm-hmm. me someplace totally different or maybe I'd still be at that law firm? <laughs> well, I think, well, I mean, you show that you can like kind of do your passion because I think that is a scary thing for most, I mean, for everybody, yeah. it's a scary thing. But in the sense that like, if it doesn't pan out, you know, there's always, yeah. a, a, always has to be like, a backup plan like my parents thing for me is like I know you like to help people and do this nonprofit thing but like yeah why don't you get a business degree like something like that tangible they want me to have something oh, I guess I quote unquote it. tangible um I think what I do is very tangible but whatever I think it is too yeah I'll <laughs> talk to your parents for you Thank you. Thank you. My mom listens to every single episode. So she'll get she it. <laughs> yes. Natalia's doing great, Mom. She needs to keep it up. <laughs> but I but I think to highlight women that kind of when everything kind of got upended for you, but you yeah. still kept going and you're like, and I'm gonna raise these two kids. Yeah. That's that truly says a lot was was there a time when it got like really dicey and you're like, I don't, I don't know if we're going to make it. Oh my God. All the time. Are you kidding? <laughs> I mean, I'll tell you though, you know, the interesting thing that I don't know if we've talked about is that, um, when I got laid off, there were times that I felt my, cause that was when I started, um, or I, I co-founded the, mm-hmm. the pack, mm-hmm. but, um, I had a safety net because I was married. Mm -hmm. So I think maybe the truly dicey time came Mm -hmm. when I got divorced, Mm -hmm. which was a total blindside. I did Mm -hmm. not have any idea that that was coming. Mm -hmm. And um, that was my safety net, you know, Mm -hmm. having a husband who made more money. And suddenly, I remember, I actually, this is kind of shameless, but I mean, I wrote a note to everybody I knew after Mm -hmm. I got divorced or after I got separated, basically saying, um, Oh, I can't, I, I'd love to find this note and see. I, I bet it's a pretty horrible <laughs> note. I, it basically said something like, um, I need your support more than ever for running start. I need you to give financially because mm-hmm. um, I have to make this work now. Mm-hmm. And it's so funny. I was well into it. This was, this was, you know, this is 2012. So it wasn't like it was, you know, it was, um, it was early on, but it was the, the, the time that I realized um, I was, the person in charge of my life and mm-hmm. and I you know I wasn't going to be able to rely on anybody else I it, I was going to sink or swim on my own and um that's a powerful feeling a mm-hmm. terrifying feeling but a really powerful feeling at the same time because um I suppose if you embrace it and say <laughs> I do have this power I can mm-hmm. I I don't need anybody I can I can do this on my own and make it work I think it's I think it's harder when you go from having something to not having something because yeah. <laughs> like yeah. moving out here to DC and kind of like on this new journey that I'm on I had to do that by myself yeah and so I'm just kind of used to it now and I think yeah, the, the day I have to like take somebody else into account and be like ah I don't know about all that like that <laughs> that'll be a, that'll be a completely no, but that's great too. Uh, just uh, you know, okay, but but 
I am all for partnership, and mm -hmm. um, I think that it is it's one of the joys of life is to be able to share things with a partner. Um, so uh, I'm not discounting that at all, but I am saying that I think sometimes we do rely so much on our safety net mm -hmm. that we forget we have the power within ourselves mm -hmm. to make everything happen. Mm -hmm. and, and I think that's the important thing to always, always know. And so where do you see yourself post-running start? Is, is there a post-running uh, start? No, so it's funny. I, I think, um, yeah, I I think that I have to think about that, even though mm -hmm. I'm not done at mm -hmm. all. There's so much more. I, I want to get us to the point where we um, we are much bigger, we have a bigger staff, and we're better mm -hmm. able to do everything we want to do. Mm -hmm. um, but you know what I want to do? I want to write. So I, mm. I wrote for U.S. News and World Report for a while, and mm. um, they allowed me to write about crazy things like they basically <laughs> said write about whatever you feel like and so I would write about love I've read about love a lot and <laughs> I would write about uh I don't even know like even like books that I liked I mm -hmm. loved the whole process of writing these um these pieces so mm -hmm. I think I would write I'd like to to actually write a book and put down some of you know mm -hmm. running a start story in a book um and my favorite thing is to speak in front of uh, groups of women. Mm -hmm. So I that that's what I really like to do. I would like to spend some quiet time writing and mm -hmm. then spend some not quiet time going everywhere in the world talking to anybody who wants to listen to me talk mm -hmm. about why it's important to raise up young women and how to build um, confidence uh, in women that we can be in power. So that's my plan. <laughs> so I have, a, I have a question just because like, you don't have to answer if you don't want to, but okay. how do you, how do you do that? How do you do that with, um, having two boys? Cause like a lot of the other women that I've interviewed, if they have kids, they're still really young. So yeah. they don't have to like tackle these like difficult questions of like feminism. What does it mean to like yeah. be an advocate for women? And, and how did you feel like it was difficult to kind of explain that were they put you know pressured by outside things but then they come home and it's like no my mom like runs a women thing like I have to oh raising little feminists I mean, but um first of all I have the best children in the universe I mm -hmm. mean they really are like actually. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, um, but they grew up with me mm -hmm. um, talking about all this stuff and and questioning norms. Mm -hmm. I think that was probably the most useful thing I did as a parent is just say, you, I know you think it has to be that way, but I don't think it has to be that mm -hmm. way. And why don't you think about it? And so they both are, they seem to me very secure in, um, in who they are in the world. And I think neither of them subscribes to this idea that they have to be a certain way that mm -hmm. they have like men do it this way so mm -hmm. I have to do it this way I mean one of my sons um he bakes he he used to knit which I think is adorable like I support I that 100 no, percent I'm not that uh that domestic um, <laughs> and, and, and they they um just feel very in touch with both sides of their identity the masculine mm -hmm. and feminine side and to me oh my god Natalia that's what I want I want mm -hmm. everybody to come to the right so it's mm -hmm. like politics but also with um with our identities mm -hmm. i want us to come to the middle and embrace the women should embrace their masculine side as well as their feminine side mm -hmm. and, and vice versa because i think that 
again, you know, I do not like polarization at all. And I, I really think that, um, certainly the people I'm most attracted to, they have a little bit of both Mm. and they're not, I cannot stand the outliers who are like, you know, like the Uber men who, um, Mm -hmm. feel like they always have to be the strongest and the Mm -hmm. toughest and, 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 and the same with women, you know, women like, Oh, I could never lift that. I'm just a woman. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah. I, I think we have to, the future of humanity is us coming more into the middle mm-hmm. on everything. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah. So, uh, I think my boys are going to grow up and be really good men because they, they do embrace that. That's so lovely. I love that. Um, <laughs> that leads me to my last question, okay. uh, which is how do you, um, define being a woman or womanhood? Oh, Huh, that's interesting just in light of what you just what we just talked about. God, I mean, you know what I want? I want that to be defined as it's however you are, mm-hmm. right? Because I think so many women do struggle with what the expected norms are. Mm-hmm. Like if you're a woman, you need to be thin and pretty and feminine and mm-hmm. we're not all those things mm-hmm. and I think it's funny. I almost think that maybe I chafe a little bit against that term. Like, what mm-hmm. does it mean to be a woman that I'd rather be asked? What does it mean to be a person? Mm. Because I would rather, um, I would rather identify, um, myself by those traits that don't really have a gender, mm. you know, because I think that, that we're all, hopefully we're all on a journey of, self-discovery and trying to figure out, you know, what, what does work for us, um, from the concept of woman or, or from the concept of man and, um, that we shouldn't be too defined, um, by, by either of those things. That's such a lovely answer. That was a good question. <laughs> I like the question. I love because I love asking people this question because I think it's so important to the, the podcast and who we are and like, yeah. Everybody has had very unique answers. Oh, um, yeah, so. I have to go back and listen now to to hear what other people said. I, I think that's yeah. That's everyone's cool. everyone's just like a little bit. I mean, maybe like similar. Like I can think of uh, one person who also is just like I just think it's like personhood. So it's similar to yours, but it's still uh-huh. different. Yeah. Um, so I think I love hearing everybody's like unique take on what it on what it means. Uh, yeah. For them, and they add little yeah. things and take away little things. So I, I, I really really love that. Um, but thank you, Susanna, so much for talking with me today. This was great. Well, you were a fabulous interviewer and I really enjoyed talking to you too. And, um, and more power to you. Keep doing this. Uh, you, you're, you're great at it and people need to hear your voice. Oh, thank you. Do you have anything that you want to plug? Um, I mean, obviously running start, but anything else that you want to, Yeah, I mean, yeah, go to Running Start, and um, we have lots of programs. If you happen to be a, a um, self-identifying woman and you are between the ages of 14 and 25, <laughs> then we have things for you. All right, everybody. I will put all of that in the show notes. Um, please follow the show on Instagram and Twitter at Pretty Face Lady 3 and like us on Facebook at More Than a Pretty Face. Go ahead and also like Running Start on Facebook. They also have a Facebook yes. page. Um, and if you would like to send us any questions, comments, concerns, you want to be on the show, know someone that should be on the show, you want to sponsor the show because looking to sell out, 
Uh, please, money. yes, give me all the monies. Um, please email us at prettyfacewomen at mtapfpodcast.com. And we'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. Thank you. <laughs>